following is a message from Praise and Worship, a community of people in Branson, Missouri who are loved by Jesus and joining Him in His mission to bring love and hope to all people. For more information and for more audio and video content, visit www.branson.church. So, by the Spirit. It's important that we talk about this because a lot of us come here with a lot of different, well, baggage. Does anybody here have baggage? If you need mine, it's in a U-Haul trailer parked at the end of the parking lot, right? It's, it's just like, I, I come with baggage. And I've shared a little bit of that with, with, with our folks here over time, but I want you to think about, like, what's your baggage? Like, you grew up in a certain tradition, you grew up in a certain household, you grew up in a certain town or a certain culture, whatever it might be. And you bring baggage, and, and, when, and when, you, when people say, like, how do you, where do you stand with God? What's your feeling about God? Who's Jesus? You know, all these kinds of questions. You might have all kinds of different answers that would come from all of that different background, right? And what, I, what my goal here today is that I want us to say, well, actually, it's all about the Spirit of what He does in me and through me. And, you know, when you start talking to people like that, and I know this from personal experience, when you say, you're like, well, what do you, like someone said the other day, what do you hope that your church would would do? Like, what, what would happen as a result of your church being here? Because our church is only five years old. It'll turn six in December, officially. And they're like, what do you hope your church will do? And I'm like, blow up the town. And they're like, ooh, are you guys weird? And I'm like, well, yeah, but the biblical word for weird is holy, so that's okay. And so, and so what do we mean when we say blow up the town? Well, I've told this story once before, three years ago. I'll tell it one more time. I was in the drive-thru at Wendy's in like the year 2005 in Springfield, Missouri. And, and, and it, the drive-thru of any place like that, you, sometimes you just have to wait. And it was one of those times you just had to wait, right? And so I flipped on the radio station, and on the radio station was Zig Ziglar. And you're like, oh, here we go, positive thinker in the middle of a negative situation. But they were actually interviewing him. And they were like, Zig, tell us why you do what you do, because he's a bit of a, he's, a, he's like a motivational speaker. And he goes, well, I kind of, there's this one passage in the Bible that just gets a hold of me pulls me along. And they're like, which is it? He goes, the fruit of the Spirit. And he goes, you think about the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness, the self-control. He goes, I want you to imagine a town with a hundred people and all of the people there had that fruit flowing out of them. What would, how, what would that town be like, he said. And I'm like, I want to move to that town, right? I think all of us would. And then when we look at our lives, and I'm like, how's that fruit coming? And I'm like, it's not really coming that much, you know? And I'm like, why is that? What's the disconnect? And it's ironic, because I'm just going to tell you right now, when I was growing up, one of the things that I, I've heard this sermon a hundred times, it seemed like, it was actually only probably three, but one of the, one, each one of those times I heard, the, I heard the preacher say something like that, you just got to work on these fruit. And I'm like, wait a minute, is it the fruit of Mark and his efforts? Or the fruit of your efforts? Or is it the fruit of the Spirit's? Yeah, the fruit of the Spirit's efforts. It's His power. It's His ability. And what's ironic is this is the pivot point. And, and see, we, and here's the frustrating part for me because I'm Mr. Like, geeky, geeky guy and I love to like study and get all the you know, all this stuff. And I could know this all day long, but sometimes I don't believe it. It's got to do that six-inch move or whatever it is from here to here. And, and that's what we're going to do today by the Spirit. Take a look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Now, you've got to watch out. This, several of these today are going to have this little MLV symbol on there, and that means it's Mark's literal version because I want to bring out some of the text that's maybe not in some of the translations that we would look at. 
Because he says, he says, live by the Spirit. And that's great. But the word there is peripateo. And everybody's like, oh, great. Now I'm glad I know that. Peripateo, you know, gazunheit, right? That's what we say. But peripateo has this really cool, powerful, broad meaning. It means, it means to walk about. You know, and you might say, well, live is an accurate translation. That's right. But it really means do everything. And I'm talking about like, you know, there might be, some of us might live our lives like this, where you kind of have, kind of have your church life, and you have your work life, and you have your family life, and then you're like hanging out with your buddies or whatever, and then you like go fishing life, and then, you know, each one of those, you sort of put on a different hat. And in America, we're really good at this. It's called compartmentalization. In fact, some of our careers, we're even trained to be that way. Don't bring your work home, they'll say. And you might say, well, that's pretty good advice, depending on what you do for a living, right? And so compartmentalization can be a helpful tool not here. Do everything by the Spirit. See, I, what, what's, what I find interesting is sometimes I think what we're doing is like I'm, we might be watching a movie and um, you might be sitting there watching a show and it might have something inappropriate as many shows do. And so you're just sort of thinking like, well, I, I sort of have to put my Christianity like under the couch somewhere while I watch this part because it's inappropriate. And you kind of feel embarrassed or whatever. Do everything by the Spirit. Now one reaction to watching a show that's inappropriate, if you're doing it by the Spirit, might be, turn the show off. That's a possibility. Sometimes there's things that are inappropriate in a show that are telling you a real story that it's important for us to look the world in the face, so to speak. <sighs> that's up to you to navigate. My point is, don't sit there and say, well, right now I'm not a Christian while I'm watching this or I'm doing this or whatever it, it, the activity might be. Do it by the Spirit. And if you're in there and you need to go through it and it's a rough time, sometimes you'll be hanging out with friends and they're going to start telling dirty jokes or whatever. And you know, and you're like, don't take your hat. Don't take your hat off. Shine the light of Christ in that moment, right? And look at this. Because he says something that is just, I don't think we believe it. And this is our challenge. He says, you will definitely not accomplish the cravings of the flesh. The flesh being that sinful nature, the NIV translates. It's this part of us. In Romans chapter 7, the Apostle Paul says, by the power of the Spirit, that it is sin living in us. That's literally what he describes in verse 15 and in verse 20, just in case we missed verse 15. He says it twice. It's sin living in us. It's this thing. You know, we see it in Genesis chapter 4, page 4 of the Bible, or probably page 3 if you've got a small print, and it's right there on Cain and Abel, right? And, and, and God says to Cain, he goes, be careful, Cain, sin is crouching at your door. It's this thing. See, a lot of us think that sin is just when I do something bad, like watch the bad show or do what, you know, tell the dirty joke or whatever. No, that's the symptom of the thing. That's the result of what is going on inside of us. And he says that when we do everything by the Spirit, he says you definitely will not satisfy the cravings of your flesh. Now, we all know what cravings are. And, of course, you take one look at me and you know I have a little challenge with cravings. And so I often talk about my cravings for pepperoni pizza, and now I have it again, right? And so I want to eat too much, and that's always my silly example. But you know what cravings are. We all do. And those are those things which pull us away from who we are, who we really are. Because if we take the Apostle Paul seriously, and I'm praying that we do, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he is teaching to you and to me, Scripture is saying to you and to me, that if sin is something that's living in us, and we instead do everything by the Spirit, that we won't have the problem. That the craving will not lead us where it often leads us. And you might be sitting there going, I don't know about that. Because no matter what I do, the craving is still there. He never says the craving's not going to happen. He says it won't accomplish its purpose. 
Take a look at verse 17. The first half, he says, because the flesh craves against the Spirit. Now, we, we, we see here, in our translation, it said desires what is contrary to the Spirit. But it's literally craves against. The flesh is pushing back against God, against the Holy Spirit. It pushes back. And the Spirit says, hey, I'm not giving up so easy. And He pushes back against the cravings of our flesh. And look at the second half of that verse. It says the Spirit and the flesh are in conflict with each other. Right? They're in conflict. And you guys, you, we all know this. This is called life. This is the Christian life. Romans chapter 7, once again, the good that I want to do, that I don't do, the bad that I don't want to do, this is what I keep on doing. Who's going to rescue me from this? Answer, Jesus Christ our Lord. And he goes on further to say there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. See, and that's usually where we start this whole process. I feel condemned. I feel guilty. I feel shame. We talked about this. And he's like, no, no. You need to recognize that the conflict is evidence of the presence of God. Can we? Did you guys catch that? That when you feel that yucky feeling, that is actually evidence that the Lord is working. Not time to run away from God. Time to go, oh Lord, thank you. Thank you so much because I felt alone. I felt like I was in the mud. I felt like that guy rolling in the mud with the pigs. Right? The war goes on by the power of the Spirit Himself. He is the one who brings the conflict because he will not allow the flesh to just take you and kill you. Because my Uncle Marty would always say it like this. He would say, our problems are sin, death, and the power of the devil. That's how he would write it in his small catechism, right? And sin, death, and the power of the devil. And you think about that. Sin is this thing that's just pulling us, in, but it's not the only thing. There's also death, right? And, and death is this thing that is it's just a time. It's the matter of time. Everyone in this room, unless Jesus comes back sometime real soon, is probably going to have to be buried in the ground one way or the other. And that's a, that's a reality we don't like to talk about. We, and yet, it is, it is the, it's what we're facing. And then there's this third one, the power of the devil. And this is kind of sometimes you can think of it as, yes, there's the demonic powers and they come at us all the time, more than we would ever realize. But also, it's just the world. Have you ever just felt like the world just drags you down, just pulls you down? It's like this sort of like black hole, gravity well that just, you know, just pulls you in. And when you think about those three things, and you're like, how can we even live a single day in this world? By the Spirit. By the Spirit. Now take a look at verse 21. He says, those who continually practice such things. Now remember that list we went through, which included debauchery, which I had to look up. That's the, when you wake up somewhere, you don't know how you got there. See, that... A lot of people think that if you go and do those things, you're going to go to hell. We found out last week, no, the thing that sends you to hell is when you don't put your trust in Jesus. Everybody falls into these things. Everybody falls into hatreds or envy or, or fits of rage. Right? My, my, kids were, my kids one time said, you know, Dad, um, sometimes you just get mad. And I'm, you know, I'm a very emotional person. And you guys get to see kind of the positive side of that. They get to see the other side of that, right? Sometimes they go, you know, and so this happens. Fits of rage. And that's not of the Spirit. The Spirit doesn't guide us to freak out and go nuts over people, but we do. And so what the challenge is, is when the fit of rage comes, we don't go, oh, I'm going to hell, see ya, nice knowing you. No. But there's this, there's this language there 
of continually returning to it, continually practicing, practicing it. He says, those who live by such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's, it's, it's not just living by it, it's just this idea that you continuously do it. So if you continuously go to the orgy, if you continuously get into debauchery, if you continuously find yourself in a place of envy, if you want those things and they become your lifestyle, that's dangerous. Don't do it. Repent. Now, you know, it's interesting we talk about repent. It's an old church word, and a lot of us, we hear it, and it just kind of our ears close because it's a church word, and we don't really know what it is. Some of you guys have seen some Star Wars movies, right? You've seen Star Wars movies. And some of you guys haven't, and for those of you who haven't, just bear with me for like one minute. And so in, the, in, in one of the recent Star Wars movies called Solo, now I know a lot of people didn't like that, but I liked it. And so in the movie Solo, there's this scene where the Millennium Falcon is being pulled into a gravity well, right? And it's this unstoppable force. And what's really interesting is it's being pulled in. It's like a gravitational thing, and it's just like sin, death, and the power of the devil. They're just pulling us down, right? And it's just pulling and pulling. And, they, and you know, old Han Solo, he's got her wide open, and it just won't get away, right? And so then one of the guys on the, on, the, on the ship says, you know, we got this stuff on board that would power a whole fleet of ships. If we put that baby right in the engine, we might get free. Right? And they're just like, oh my gosh, it also might blow up the ship, but let's do it. And so they, they take the coaxium, right, it's a coaxium, and they put it in the hyperdrive. And the moment that it drops in there, bam, hits warp speed. Oh, I'm sorry, hyper light speed. Sorry, sorry, Star Wars fans. Light speed, and it just shoots out of there, right? Guys, may I just tell you that the power of the Spirit is way more than coaxium. When they realized they had the power they needed on board, to escape the gravity well. I hope you, everybody's like, I don't even like sci-fi, Mark. Stop the analogy. But, my, but you, I hope you see it. You have power on board, on board, sitting there, waiting for you to say, Lord, please help me. Put one drop of that stuff in there and punch it. Because that's how you break free of the pull on our lives. And don't get stuck in this thing where you feel like you got to be good because there's another kind of pull that happens. Is you, you, you're like, okay, I'm not going to do that one sin, whatever my pet sin is. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm done with it. And so like you decided that today, and Monday you go sin-free on that pet sin. You're just clear of it. And Tuesday it's, you're clear. And Wednesday you're starting to kind of sweat a little bit. You know? and, and by Thursday you're like walking by the pet sin, whatever it is, and you're looking at it now. And by Thursday it's this rubber band, right? And it's just, it's just stretching. And you guys know how this works because you've done it. It's been, right? That's why me telling you be a good person actually hurts you. Because if I told you you had to be good for God to love you, that's going to send us all to, it's going to destroy our faith. No. Cry out to Jesus. He will, he will solve the dilemma by taking away the craving. And when the cravings come, He will give you the power to overcome them. And when they overwhelm you, He will be waiting for you, saying, I got you. Let me pick you up. There's no, there's no like punishment for your sin because I bore that on the cross. That was what the cross was for, to, to take away your sin, to take away the punishment for your sin. Jesus took the punishment. Take a look at... Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. Now you got to see, this is superpower, right? Because that's just what it is. Now I know we live in the time of Marvel movies, and it means it's a glorious time. And so, and so sometimes you get to talk about lots of superpowers, and you know, there's this moment 
There's this moment in the most recent movie, Avengers Endgame, don't worry, I won't spoil it, but there's this moment where kind of the leader, he wears red, white, and blue, he, 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 he does something really cool, right? And we'll talk about that a little bit more. And so sometimes we think about superpowers. We, everybody's like, Mark, no, you're the only one that does. But I think some of them do. And we said when we started that if we would actually believe this stuff and start to have hope that it could happen in you and in me, because it can and it will by his power. It will change our community. And you know how it works. Jesus, Jesus already taught us how it works. He, he was talking about the whole world. When he went to the disciples, he goes, I want you to start in Jerusalem. And then I want you to go to Judea. And then I want you to go to Samaria. And then I want you to go to the ends of the earth. See, and this is, these are the things that he wanted them to bring. Because when you preach the gospel, this is what it gives. This is what it produces. When I tell you that your sins are forgiven and you believe it, the words hit your eardrums and your heart starts to go, yes! What happens then is then when the fit of rage begins to well up in you, so does the Spirit. And He pulls it down. And sometimes, yep, you lose your temper. But then when you do, instead of being convicted and distraught and having no hope, you have grace. And you have peace. And He brings you back out of it. And then he equips you to try again. And you'll fail again. And he's like, let's do this again. I have made all things new. Revelation 21 and 22. This is where he's coming. And so the fruit of the Spirit. You know, I want you to look at any of those colored words other than the orange ones. All the blue and the green and the yellow. I want you to look at those words and I want you to see if there's a religious word anywhere on that list. Because there isn't one. Spirit is the only religious word in that whole paragraph. And even then I would say, it's not really religious, that's just the presence of God Almighty in your body. You know, in the Old Testament, you had the temple, right? And you would go to the temple and there was all these cool rituals that were really actually pretty interesting and they teach us a whole lot about Jesus. Sometimes you ought to study them. But in the point saying is this, is now there's not one temple we go to, now there's 108 temples in this room that are going to go out of here carrying the Spirit and delivering that fruit to the world. And you know where we start? We start in our bedroom. And then we go out to the kitchen. <laughs> and then we go to the, to the, to the lawn. <laughs> and then we go to the neighborhood and to the ends of the earth. That's how it works. So when my kids come in and say, you know, Dad, you've been having fits of rage. And then this time, somehow the Spirit's like, <clears throat> actually, I know you guys left the door open or whatever it was. They did. You know, it's okay. Let's just not do it next time. Instead of going, we we'll left the door open. You know, see how that works. And that one little thing, see how an impact it has on them? It disciples them and teaches them and sets them free to do the same. This is the superpower. Now, take a look at Galatians 2, verse 20. You're like, Mark, that's not part of Galatians 5. We didn't read that. Well, we're about to. Because this is what, because what he says in Galatians 5, he says, those who have crucified the flesh are the ones who are in the Spirit. And he's hearkening us back to this. Guys, because this is not about what we do. It's about what we believe. And we believe this based on who we are. Can we read this passage together? It's on the screen. Read it with me. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. You see why you needed to read that? Because it's about you. And it's about me. It's about us. But it's from this point of view that Jesus did what He did because He loves us. 
He loves you. I want you to leave here today saying, you know, I don't know what to do about whatever my circumstances are, but I know that Jesus loves me. And if you believe that, then you are living by faith and He is in your body. And when we say He is in your body, we describe that as the Holy Spirit. Because that's what He does. And does that make sense? Nope. Praise be to God. It is the wonderful name, the beautiful name, living in your body. Now, Galatians 5, verse 25, because there's going to be this word at the top of the screen, and in recent context of Marvel movies, it might have meaning for some of you, and the others you don't need to worry about. Because there was this moment when the guy in red, white, and blue said, Avengers assemble, right? That's what happened. So since we, there's that word, live, the green word live. Now there's this yellow scratching to the next of it. You're like, what is that? That is the Greek word zao. It's where we get, you know, some people you heard their name is Zoe. It means life. But zao is the verb, live. And this is what Jesus talks about when he says, I came to give you life to the full. Since we live, we, we move and have our very being by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And that word is stoikeo, which is a military term that means, it means stay in formation. Because the question is, is, how do you live by the Spirit? I want you to wake up tomorrow and I want you to say, Lord Jesus, help me live by the Spirit. That's it. Because you know what He's going to do when you pray to the Almighty God, the Son of Man, who defeated death itself? He's going to say, okay, let's do this together. Let me give you what you need when you need it, because He will. And it's not about trying to be a good person. It's about living in Christ by His Spirit, in the Spirit. And, and, and so marching with it is, you know, you develop rhythms. You gather in a winery. Who would gather in a winery to hear the Word of God? Turns out some really cool people would, right? And you come here and we listen and, and it's a rhythm. And then you go out and you do more things. And you're, you're like, okay, i got to work. i got to play. i got to have fun at school. i got to do all these things. And you're doing all the things and you're doing it by the Spirit. Because remember where we started? You do everything by the Spirit. And that means whenever I'm in the middle of anything, I'm praying. In my heart, I'm driving down the road and somebody cuts me off. I'm like, oh Lord, I want to knock their block off so bad. Please help me not want that. And he's like, okay. And when I'm at, I'm at the store, Debbie's like, when do you go to the store? But if I was, <laughs> you see what, see what happens. Wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, you're watching the show, you're doing the thing, you're enjoying Avengers Endgame, whatever it might be, by the Spirit. You're looking for the Lord and where He's working because you will start to see Him everywhere. And you're not hindered by feeling guilty or shame because Christ Jesus gave Himself for you and now lives in you and sets you, what's that word that we started with last week? Free. Let's pray about that. Heavenly Father, we ask You boldly right now to take these words that we've learned from the Scriptures and root them in our hearts. To take these ideas, this, this idea that we could be free no matter what, and let us believe it. That when we look at ourselves and we think, oh, you're just pathetic, that, that we realize that's the power of the devil. That's, that's sin. That's, that's not your voice. Your voice is saying to us, you are precious, and I gave everything to save you and to make you alive. Help us believe that. And then have the superpower of, of, of your spirit producing in us and through us love and joy and peace and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. And as we hear that list once again, that we would be reminded that it is what you produce.
and that that is the most powerful thing in the world. Your love and joy and peace shared with one another in the mighty name of Jesus who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.